It is the technology show where we translate geek into regular speak. I'm Brett Levy and I'm 12 minutes late this week. Sorry about that. I did post out earlier that I was going to go live at two o'clock, but as they say, better late than never. Um, school holidays, playing dad's taxi, uh, playing mom's taxi too as well, I think, and playing them day taxi. So yeah, I'm here. Everything's ready to go. Fun show. Haven't done it for a while. Had some good reasons. Uh, became an Australian citizen. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Oi, oi, oi. So I think that was a good enough reason to miss the show. And I can't remember the second reason because I think it's been two weeks since we did the show. Anyway, on to today's show. So let's get into a screen share and see what we have. In Things with a Z, I got to play with the Apollo Neuroscience wearable. Now, here it is here. There it is there. It's actually quite rare that I'm sitting at my desk in the last three weeks without this actually attached to my body. So what is the Apollo wearable? Well, it's made by Apollo Neuroscience. And what it is, is it's actually a stress and self-healing and sleep type device. Now, I have reviewed a couple of these type of, of devices before. I did the Muse headband. Um, I had Somnify next to my bed, which was monitoring my sleep, more about data. We reviewed Weltery, the app, which also just gives you data. But this wearable actually helps your body recover from stress. And that allows you then to relax, focus, sleep, and I suppose just generally feel better. Um, now, don't take my word for it. You can go and get your own. But before you go and get your own, let's just talk a little bit about it. So it, you know, the Apollo is designed to do multiple things. And it works on little electronic pulses. The recommendation is that you wear it on the inside of your wrist or on the inside of your ankle. Um, I've actually been wearing it on the inside of my ankle. I've actually put a picture up on the screen if you're watching. That is the position that I've um, I've been wearing my Apollo. Now, at first, it kind of makes you look or feel like you're in one of those um, home arrests. You know, when, when you're at home arrest and they put a, a tracker on it. It's Velcro, people. It comes off. There we go. I haven't broken any rules and I can go out in public with it. And you can go out in public with it. You just put your pants over it. I have gone out in public with it on. So you can do it. And why would you want to wear it in public? Well, it's not just about sleep. What it does is it sends these electronic impulses through your body. It's actually quite a weird feeling at first. And there's a scale that goes from zero intensity to 100 that you can manually adjust until you find your happy zone. Um, and I say your happy zone because some people might find it a bit overwhelming. I must say, as I'm now week Three, I think it is with the unit. Um, I've got most of my intensity almost to full because I actually quite like the feeling and it feels a bit weird when I don't have it on. Now, coupled with the, um, the wearable is an app. I think I have a screenshot of it. I do have a screenshot. And if you're not watching, if you're just listening to the show, don't worry about it. I will talk you through it. So inside the app are different um, programs. And in these programs, you can choose what you want to do. So you can have the energy and wake. Obviously, in the morning, you put this on. It plays for a period of time, and it has a different pulsing rhythm. The social and open is more about going out. If you're someone that feels somewhat introverted or maybe don't feel so comfortable in crowds, maybe you've got a boardroom presentation you're feeling a bit anxious about, the social and open program would probably then be good for you. Clear and Focus is one that I use a lot during the day. As the name would suggest, you can sit there and actually keep your mind clear. Now, what it also does is it actually removes the need for a cup of coffee. I, 
I must say, I was a bit skeptical at first when I thought I was reading through instructions like, use clear and focus in case you're feeling like you need one more espresso. For people that know me, I can drink up to eight or nine cups of coffee a day. No judgment here. I'm just giving you a fact, okay? And I start my day with an espresso. It's part of my routine. Every morning, a nice, strong espresso. And then I have coffees that change with milk, without milk, and so on during the course of the day. And I can go up to about four or five o'clock in the afternoon. None of this stopping at midday stuff for me. I've only been having two, maybe three cups of coffee a day. I haven't felt the need to have coffee. Is it the Apollo? I'm going to tell myself it is because I haven't done anything different. All I've done is sat at my desk doing the same work that I'm doing, but I've been wearing the wearable. Now, it does say some people notice changes in day one. Some will take 30 days. Some will take a month. Some can take a week. I've only noticed two real spaces where it's um, really worked for me. Oh, and there's, there's others. So I'm going to get to them now. So Rebuild and Recover is another program. Um, I've felt that so that if you've done sports or exercise, where your muscles are feeling a bit sore, this is to help your brain start training your body to heal. I have to say it has helped me. I've had an ankle injury now for a few months. Um, and I, on Mondays, I play paddle. Tuesdays, I go running. And by Wednesday, my body feels sore. My ankle feels worse than it did. And then come Sunday, it's kind of healing again. And I put it through the motions. The pain and the swelling of my ankle has gone down. I have not done anything different. And in fact, I'm wearing the Apollo just above the ankle that was actually um, affected, the one that I'd rolled. So I have to attribute it to the device at the pulses. And maybe it's the pulses at the point as well. But the idea behind it is that Apollo refers to himself as a neuroscience company and neuro being brain. And these pulses stimulate through the nerves into the brain to help your brain reprogram what it needs and what it should be doing. And maybe healing is one of those things. Um, I haven't been doing big strenuous gym workouts, so I haven't been able to test it on, on my actual muscles, like body muscles as such. But I can tell you now, categorically, my ankle feels better. So um, it's still a little bit niggly, but it's not as bad as it has been after putting it through its paces. And today's Wednesday. You know, as I said, Monday's paddle, Tuesday's uh, um, a, a run, and it's normally six, seven Ks. With a swollen ankle, not such a great idea. Now, the meditation and mindfulness um, program, I haven't used. I haven't tried that. I'm not a huge fan of meditating, and I'm just too stressed and ADHD to actually sit down and keep still for a, a second or two. Um, look, I'm busy moving while we're talking now. But what I can tell you is the relax and unwind does work pre-going to bed. And there's one more. I don't have the picture up on there, which is sleep. Um, and I do fall asleep really easily and really well within 20 to 30 minutes of starting the program. And I'm not doing anything but putting a little wearable. I said, you can wear it on your wrist as well. I mean, it's pretty simple to do. You just put it through the little loop. He says it's pretty simple to do in these back things, but I don't actually wear it here. And that's it. Now, the reason why I don't wear it on my wrist, you can. I mean, there it is. They do say you should wear it inside and it doesn't look bad. I suppose you could wear it outright if you wanted to. But when I'm working on a keyboard, I just find that it bangs. Um, specifically because I work on an external keyboard. I don't work on my Mac. So I don't wear it on my wrist, but there is the in fact if I turn a program on now, it's probably clear and focused. It works on Bluetooth. There's a little, I don't know if you can hear it. I don't know if the microphones pick up the buzz and the vibration, but it's going. And I can actually open up my app um, and show you that I've got, so there's the program there. And it shows me that I'm connecting and 
I'm inside clear and focus and it's playing and my intensity is at 83%. So I can actually leave this on here and be clear and focused for sure because I'm not using a keyboard. I said I'm, I'm not used to ringing on my wrist, so it's a bit weird, but there it is. I don't know if, if you can hear vibrations coming through my voice while I'm speaking because I've now got it going. The bottom line is, is this is a piece of science. It's not just a wearable um, that you know could do this. Well, it clearly has done what it said it was going to do. I don't think it's helped me with my stress per se, but I'm generally pretty wide and highly strung. Um, that being said, if I am able to focus more and not need coffee and uh, I'm finding that I'm sleeping better, then maybe it is actually helping me with my stress. I'm just trying to turn off the notifications on my watch and it's not doing that. That's enough to stress me out. So um, I have put the link up there. It's bit.ly, bit.ly. Apollo and capital A and then US, Australia. So capital A for Apollo, AUS, go across there, get one. Um, uh, that's the other thing I left out. So although it might affect my data, like when it measures and, and reports back into my other apps, I gave it to Cade to try um, and to like just chill him down. I think I actually put on the relax and unwind. And he actually quite liked the sensation. Now Cade is actually very sensory driven he when he was a kid we got him a weighted blanket um and he's always you know wanted to fidget in that so he actually quite liked the feeling he's asked me if he can use it again i said no because i'm using it terrible father i know but anyway it's my toy um and i'm reviewing it not him so yeah the apollo uh, neuroscience i do believe there's now a clip that's come out that you can actually then clip onto your shirt or into your pants so if you don't want to wear it like this um, but when you read through the the little instruction booklet and when you're setting it up, um, it does recommend the inside of the wrist and the inside of the ankle. So I'm not sure how that works with the rest of your body and what the efficacy is or isn't if it's diminished. Um, but these are the two points that it does recommend. These are the two points that I've used it at. And uh, as I said, although I can feel the weight of my wrist, I said I'm not used to it. You just carry on doing what you're doing. So the Apollo... Um, had really good fun reviewing it. Um, different piece of tech for me. Oh, it uses Bluetooth. Now, it will also send you notifications to tell you that the battery is low and it's time to charge. And it will also send you notifications to tell you that it is charged. Um, one of the things that people might might say to me is, oh, yeah, you want to unwind, you want to sleep, but you want to turn your phone off, right? You don't want to be disturbed by your phone. It's no problem. I'm not sure how it works on Android because I haven't used it on my Android device. The app is available for Android as well. But on the iPhone, I just turn off airplane mode and leave Bluetooth on. And Apple actually realizes that there are certain apps that you will use Bluetooth for. Um, so even when you just hit airplane mode after a few times, it actually leaves my Bluetooth on now by default because it also connects to my watch. Um, so, yeah, you can turn your phone off. You won't get any notifications. The last thing that I forgot to mention, in fact, let me just take this off to show you because I don't think there's a picture of it. There are two little buttons um, there on the unit. So one's got a little bit of a raised dot that's up and one's down. As you would think, volume buttons, increase intensity, decrease intensity. You can also push both of them. It's just paused. And I can push them both again. It will start. Now, it will remember the last program that you used. This is important if you're a bad sleeper like I am. So I told you it helps me go to sleep. It does help me go to sleep. And I go to sleep. But if I find myself waking up at 2 or 3 in the morning for whatever reason, I just push the two buttons. Don't have to touch my phone. Don't have to, like, wake myself up anymore. Just two 
push the two buttons simultaneously and uh, the program will start again for the same time that you've set it previously and it just runs from there. So that's really good thinking. Was I think that was a brilliant part of the design from the, t- the, the team at Apollo. Um, yeah, so there it is. Golf to Bitly, capital A, Apollo, capital A-U-S, that's the short link, uh, or just Google Apollo Neuroscience, I think, dot com. Um, but go and have a look-see, and uh, definitely a, a toy that I'm going to continue using. And uh, if you've been watching the show for a while, you'll know there are certain toys that I talk about from time to time. I think Apollo will definitely be one of them. Right, so what else do we have next? Uh, tech news. Ah, so... If you don't know the logos, I apologize for that. And I see my face is on the Ubisoft one. Ubisoft is a game publisher, and that big N is Netflix, and so Netflix Games. They have announced a partnership. Um, I think they're going to be building three games, for three mobile games for Netflix. I think that was the article, if I remember correctly. So Ubisoft is going to build three games exclusively for Netflix Games. Now, I've mentioned Netflix Games a few times. I've reviewed some of the Netflix games. There's some really good games there. They've done a good job. You know, as a company that specializes in content creation, um, you know, it makes sense. Now, Ubisoft is an interesting one. For for those of you that don't know, first of all, Rainbow Six Siege is one of their games, which is my favorite esports game. It's a game I can't play it. I really suck at it, but I love watching Siege tournaments. Um, They made Splinter Cell. They made uh, Riders Republic. They made Roller, Roller, Dash roller competition. It's like a rollerblading thing. They make Assassin's Creed, um, which now makes me understand maybe why Netflix is partnering with them, right? Because uh, there's an Assassin's Creed. Um, there has been a movie, but I think there's a series coming out. And I'm, if I stand correct, but I think it's coming out on Netflix. So there we are. Maybe it's going to be the game that comes with as a companion. I'm trying to think of some of the big games. They've made some really big games. Um, there really are some. I'm trying to think. Like, can't be I've gone blank. I think Just Dance is theirs. Uh, um, Smash Bros. theirs. It could be. I don't know. Oh, Far Cry. There we go. I've played Far Cry 1, 2, 4, and I think 5 as well. I haven't finished them, but played them. So, yeah, Ubisoft uh, definitely makes some really good games. But I said, for me, it's uh, Rainbow Six Siege. And uh, when I was younger, I played all three of the Splinter Cell games. So looking forward to see what's coming out there. Uh, what do we have next? Oh, okay. Now, this is an interesting one. When I read this initially, I thought to myself, hmm, that's a big fight to take. But then when I actually looked at the technology, I thought, well, here we go. So if you're not watching the show, you can't see the pictures up on the screen. And if you see the picture on the screen, actually logos, it might not make sense. But I have a picture of a Pac-Man going towards a a Microsoft Office and a Google Workspace logo. And the eye of the Pac-Man is the Canva logo. And that basically is Canva is going to take on the fight to Microsoft and Google in the workspace environment. Now, Canva has really disrupted. That is the right word. I mean, they're probably one of the most successful disruptors out there. But they have truly disrupted the design space. Anyone can design thanks to Canva. I'm not a designer. If you look at some of my PowerPoint presentations, even these ones, um, I put them together and I take out the backgrounds and I make the sizing that all using Canva. Now, every Office document or PowerPoint document you need to needs to have some form of design, right? And if you're working on, on, on Word or whatever and you want to have a letterhead, it needs a little bit of design as well. So it kind of makes sense that if you start with design, 
And then from there, move it into a presentation or a Word document, whatever they're going to call theirs, type, I, I don't know. Um, it does make sense that Canva could become a workspace that moves beyond just creative. A few months ago, they, they launched video and video editing. And again, what you need to understand, because people are like, oh, please, this doesn't even come close to Photoshop. It's not trying to come close to Photoshop. They're not trying to take on the roles of graphic designers. They're just trying to help normal people like me be able to make pretty stuff. So if they can help me make pretty stuff and they can help me make a letterhead or maybe I need to design um, and print a flyer, that means I need text on it. It's much easier to work in a Word environment and then copy and paste or in a PowerPoint and copy and paste. Now I can do it all inside Canva. So this is definitely one that I'm going to be following. And I am definitely will take it for, in fact, I think I'll turn it into a show. I'll probably do a review um, and just see how Canva, I don't know what they're calling it, Canva Office or Canva Workspace, um, etc. So let's see what else we have on the show today. Ah, okay. So Google Play is the name of the Google Play stores. And Google Play Games is where you would obviously get games. Now, they are taking mobile gaming to PC. Initially, when I read this article, I was quite surprised to see that it's in beta. Um, that it was only for Windows and not Chromebook or not Mac. Um, Mac made sense to me straight away because you get Apple Arcade. Um, and Apple's just always been left behind on gaming. Don't get me started on it. The hardware is more than capable of playing games. The publishers just don't make games. But Chromebook, and I thought, well, hold on a second, why they make it for Chromebook? But then the penny dropped for me. You don't actually need it because Chromebook can use Android apps anyway. So you can get all the games that are that or most of the games that are already available for Android mobile. Um, you can get on your on your Chromebook anyway. So basically, what they're doing is they're allowing you to take mobile games to your PC. Now, why would you do this? Well, why not? I mean. Mobile on a small screen is fun, it's limited, but if you're sitting working and there's a game that you like playing and you've got your keyboard and your mouse, um, and I'll give you a very good example, Fall Guys, which is one of the games, Falling Guys, Fall Guys, can't think today, Fall Guys, Falling Guys, anyway, you'll know what it is when you, I've, and I've reviewed it, it's going to bug me, I'm going to have to Google it, Fall Guys, Fall Guys, Falling Guys, Fall Guys, I was right, so um, Fall Guys when you play Fall Guys on a Switch with the controls and the buttons, and then you play it on a PC with a keyboard and mouse, it is so much easier with a keyboard and mouse. So it does make sense. And if you take other mobile games that might get the benefit of a keyboard and mouse and play them on your computer, that's why they're doing it. But I think it's also Google's, it's Google's way of like kind of staying relevant in gaming because they have had a few bad starts, but also equally important, um, Windows 11 is going to support Android apps. So this kind of gives you that testing place to see how this would work. Um, so, yeah, I just think it's great. I mean, if it's gaming, it's great anyway. So well done to Google. Um, I can't play it because I don't have a PC, so I haven't been able to take it for a trial, but I'll ask Kate to give it a whirl, and maybe we can get him onto a show and you can tell me. Right, so we are now talking about the Great Emerge, and no, this is not another episode of um, Survivor. Basically, the Great Merge refers to um, the move of Ethereum um, from to proof of stake from layer one. Now, this show is about translating geek into regular speak. Um, I'm not going to start trying to explain now what 
proof of stake and proof of work and layer one and all these wonderful things are. There are other podcasts out there that talk about crypto all day long and go into all these wonderful layers and nuances. The bottom line is, is that besides security levels and that being better, blah, 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 this move was actually more about energy efficiency. And the energy efficiency reduction is about 95%, and that's what they propose, and that's what they were targeting, by moving off from the big mining rigs that people are using um, to proof of, proof of stake, which is Ethereum 2.0. That's kind of like comparing a coal mine and all the operation that goes into it to give you electricity and some solar panels. It's, it's kind of the same thing, right? The amount of energy that is expanded and used and wasted um, with proof of stake, or lay, uh, I'm sorry, not proof of stake, that's where they've moved to, of layer one or proof of work, which is where all these mining machines have been going, sometimes it actually costs you more to mine than it does that you make from mining. So it's a great move. Um, I think we're going to probably see some really good bargains on GPUs now because, well, in fact, the prices are dropping already. Uh, because we couldn't get GPUs, um, that's the graphics component of your computer, because the miners were all buying them. And it was fantastic for NVIDIA and anyone else that made a, a GPU because their prices were just going through the roof. So now, um, well, NVIDIA's shares are probably going to go through the floor, uh, but um, we'll be able to get GPUs at reasonable prices again. One word of caution, there's probably going to be a huge flux of secondhand GPUs. When these people start decommissioning their mining rigs um, and they'll be going at really good prices, right? I would probably stay clear of them. And the reason I say that is when you mine for crypto, you run those machines as hard as you can for as long as you can. Hence the energy inefficiency. That means that they overclock the GPU. So overclocking is when it's like putting a turbo or nitrogen into a car. It just makes it run faster than it was actually designed for. Now, most of these um, manufacturers will tell you you can overclock up to, and it gives you rates. So it says runs up to whatever rates per second, and it's got their brackets overclocked. Um, it's not good for your device. As I said, you can do it. Some some companies might even support a warranty on overclocking. Uh, but the bottom line is you you redlining the device. It's like driving your car in the red for an extended period of time. So personally, if I was on a budget and I was looking to build a machine uh, or upgrade my machine, I don't know if I would take advantage of the really good um, tons and hundreds of numbers of GPUs now out there because these rigs have been decommissioned. Um, look at the new look at new GPUs, um, and if you need to, either go down a spec. You know, instead of getting a thirty eighty, get a you know thirty sixty. It's not going to be huge the difference, and still going to be better than whatever you're running at the moment if you're not in a three series and or four and or two and so on. So yeah, just a, as I said, interesting to see what's happening there, but um, a word of caution as well. Right, I mentioned games and speaking about gaming and miners and all these wonderful things. Are you game? So I played, I have to say, one of the most beautiful games and that's Stray. So Stray is a game that's played from the third person, um, but a cat. So you are you are a cat. The story starts off. So what's nice about Strand, and as you've seen from all the games I review, I love puzzle games and games that you have to figure things out. In fact, let me put up a screen. So there's the angle that you're playing from. So just just behind the cat, and the story basically starts off with you, and you've got a couple of other. You're a kitten, and there's brothers and sisters, and you're all sitting somewhere, and 
you go running and looking for stuff and one day you well i can't actually tell you in case you play the game but basically you're now on your own and you're in this really weird world um where everything is just trying to kill you and there's lots of little puzzles so if you're watching the show you can see that i've got a, a clipboard there um that clipboard is actually quite important there's notes on side on, on that clipboard that you can either grab or look at or read what's going to give you something that you're going to use somewhere else um there's a picture of like a, a like a robot it actually looks like the tesla robot holding a watering watering can with little green faces on you can interact with them as well some are friendly some aren't friendly if i go back to this scene here um there's a there's a robot in the distance there wearing a jack he's probably doesn't even have an engage um he's just a spectator but little things always trying to kill you um the, as you can just see from the screenshots it is a truly beautiful game um i actually started playing when i was down in dreamhack three or four weeks ago i was actually at fortress um and i sat there for two hours and i was totally immersed i didn't even realize it'd been two hours um since played quite a bit more got a little bit further um but yeah it's just a wonderful game if you're into puzzles if you're into exploring worlds uh with a very different perspective again playing from the cat it has got a it's got a maturity rating because there are a couple of like jump scenes and I said things are trying to get you and trying to kill you so maybe not for the total little ones but definitely 12 years old onwards i don't think there'd be anything that i've seen thus far that you know you shouldn't let them play uh but yeah so stray it's one of the independent um developers as i said i really really love this game um one of my one of my favorites for the year and then that takes us to q and a what do we have from q and a ah i like i actually i remember putting this in prep for the show because i experienced this so the question i got is how do i delete my tickets from apple wallet now this is something that has frustrated me for many years and i actually i i, I know how to do it i'm going to tell you how to do it obviously if you have an android phone and you have i don't know if it has the equivalent of wallet that keeps your um movie tickets and your flight tickets and things like that in because that's what this is about um then i don't think this will pertain to you so the obvious right is to double click if you pick up your iphone and you double click so let me just unlock it and you double click on the side it opens up your wallet and you can scroll and you can see nothing because it's gone off i have all my cards there there's a ticket uh, or starbucks card and so on so all my cards are in my wallet now the logical thing would be that you would just double click on that select the the ticket because the flight is over and there'd be a delete button unfortunately not and i don't know if ios 6 ios 16 will um fix this or address this i don't know if it's an issue for them maybe it's a privacy thing and i haven't upgraded to ios 16 and i'd never advocate for it until that dot one um but the answer is you it's actually quite simple you have to open the actual wallet app So you don't use the short code uh, shortcut on your phone to bring up the wallet where you select the cards and the tickets. You go into your phone, look for the wallet, find the ticket, touch it and the remove button or remove option is there. So it's actually very simple. Now, as I said, it might be something like privacy um or you know that I want you to delete it by mistake because you could then delete your cards as well, which would be a pain in the ass because you have to try and resync them and recreate them. So that's going to be the reason I think A the reason they've done it b why it probably hasn't been changed in iOS 16 either now that i think about it but hopefully that answers the question for you ever asked it 
And of course, if I've answered questions, then that means we're at the end of the show. So I suppose, um, I don't know if there'll be a show next week. It is Yom Kippur. It's the Day of Atonement. It's the Jewish fast. Um, so for all the Jewish listeners out there, I wish you well over the fast. So I probably, unless I do a show on a Tuesday or Thursday, who knows? We'll see what, what kind of cool stuff comes my way. Uh, but if I don't, then we'll see you the week after. So until next time, keep your screens clean and your knobs shiny. <laughs>